know the cameras know where. Yeah, perfect. You do a lot of TV stuff or radio stuff. No. Yeah. Well, TV stuff. We we've done you know quite a bit of press conferences now, uh, since you know the attorney general is. Uh, you know, interested in, in promoting kind of the work of our unit, and yeah. especially the topic of ORC. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we've had a number of press conferences where, you know, I've, I've been up on stage talking yeah. about answering questions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Gets but easier with reps, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like anything. Yeah. You know? I used to be the governor's spokesman here, and I, okay. now I don't get to do that very, very right. much, and I miss it. I'm sure. Like, oh, it's such a rush. <laughs> well, yeah. Now we, now we got two, you got two bald uh, middle aged men with glasses. Yeah. It's going to be. Hard on the camera. <laughs> All right, Gage, are you ready? Yep, we are Okay, just so we have it, Eric, will you just say and spell your name and then give us your title? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Eric Sturbus, uh, that's uh, Eric with the C, Sturbus, S-T-E-R-B as in boy, I-S. I am a senior assistant attorney general with the state of Michigan attorney general's office. Yeah. All right, perfect. All right, let's get going then. Sure. Uh, all right, let's start here. In Michigan, give us just a general idea of how organized retail crime is impacting business in your state and how it's impacting consumers? Well, it, it's been impacting businesses for a while, uh, but Attorney General Nessel has decided to form uh, a rather unique, you know, you know, I think uh, the only office in the nation that has uh, embedded uh, prosecutors, uh, embedded special agents, uh, embedded detectives from outside agencies, all working out of a central office uh, to combat this uh, increasing problem of organized retail crime, uh, organized crime for that matter. And it, uh, it has been uh, affecting businesses, not only financially, but also uh, the customers that walk into those stores that are subject to uh, the frequent violence that these offenders can uh, can put uh, them the customers through in obtaining the merchandise uh, that they they walk out of the store with. Uh, it is a uh, ever increasing problem, not only a financial problem but also a public safety problem uh, that these individuals pose for not only employees, the customers, uh, not only in the store but outside the store when these individuals uh, leave uh, the premises, get in their cars, uh, drive quickly uh, to evade police or, or other people that they feel may be. Uh, watching them as they leave. So uh, it has been a problem, and we are uh, doing our best uh, to get a whole, uh, handle on it. Yeah. One of the ways you're going about that is by creating something called the force team. Tell us about Michigan's force team. Uh, the force team, as I indicated, is, is I think, uh, unique in the nation in that we've, we've got uh, two uh, full-time dedicated assistant attorney generals, uh, myself being one of them, uh, Michael Fries being the other, uh, we have uh, two uh, special agents uh, from the Attorney General's office dedicated full-time uh, to the force team, as well as uh, three uh, to four Michigan State Police troopers uh, that are dedicated to this team. Uh, and over the course of the first several months of the formation of this unit, which has been about April of last year, we haven't even been functioning for a full year yet, uh, because of the success that our force team has had, uh, other outside agencies and organizations have wanted to join, uh, such as the, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI. Uh, there is a, an embedded uh, agent that works out of our location. Uh, the United States Postal Service has an agent that works out of our uh, office and location. And, and we are not a, 
a, a remote work uh, Zoom uh, type uh, group. Uh, all of us, you know, bring our lunch to work and, and work out of the same physical space uh, each and every day. Uh, so that kind of type of collaboration uh, that you're allowed to have with everybody on site uh, working together, I think, has kind of propelled our group uh, to acquire results that would not be possible without that type of uh, work environment and collaboration. It seems like that's, that, at least in principle, is something we hear about a lot, that you've got to break down silos, not only in sort of cooperation between the types of groups that are part of your, your force um, team, but also, and it would seem sort of, I think, to most people counterintuitive, that retailers who are impacted by ORC aren't always in great contact with the attorney general's office within their state. And so tell me a little bit about how you guys have been able to break down those barriers and how that cooperation has helped. Well, it, ha it helps having special agents and, and members of our team that have a long history in law enforcement that have developed uh, uh, reputations, uh, great reputations, and have built contacts, uh, not only since their your years of working for the attorney general, but all their prior years in, in law enforcement. So uh, we, we've utilized the experience and knowledge and contacts of, of our law enforcement agents uh, with the Michigan Attorney General's Office to reach out to, to not only retailers, uh, but other uh, metro uh, law enforcement agencies uh, to let them know that we're here uh, to help in any way we can uh, to prosecute and investigate organized retail crime that may be occurring in their community. Mm -hmm. Another silo that pops up is to think of it as organized retail crime, that it's a retail crime and that it doesn't bleed over into more, uh, I, I guess, I don't, I, I don't want to quantify, but other types of crime, human trafficking, drug trafficking. Uh, just tell me a little bit about why it's important to make sure that uh, people on your working group and also people um, just sort of as the general public understand that this is more than people running in and stealing merchandise. It funds sure. other activities. I, I know... I find myself using the phrase often and uh, organized retail crime. Uh, obviously, there is a, a criminal statute that is specifically titled organized retail crime, but uh, often these types of crimes do kind of spread and bl or bleed into other areas uh, that are quite concerning to the public and to law enforcement. Uh, you know, weapons offenses, drug offenses, uh, you know, you know, violence uh, with uh, not only the police but with also loss prevention uh, so it's uh, imp important to know that you know these crimes aren't isolated uh, to just you know somebody taking uh, an item for sale and walking out the store uh, it, it can kind of branch into other areas of crime that you know some people may not think of when they just hear the term organized retail crime yeah, it's a crime that then funds other crimes as well you, sure you mentioned uh, we talked about sort of breaking down these barriers and having retailers contact your office directly when they've run into organized retail crime. I wonder if you could give us an example or a couple of examples of when that has happened, when a retailer has reached out and said, this happened and what became of that? Sure. Uh, oftentimes, we don't know about a problem until a, a retailer tells us about it, since uh, you know we don't have eyes inside the stores. Uh, you know, the retailers do through their loss prevention and employees and, and, and corporate, uh, uh, corporate uh, personnel. Uh, so routinely, uh, as we acquire our cases, we're informed by the retailers directly of what is happening on, in their store, and they'll often kind of meet with us uh, at our uh, 
uh, department where, where we're housed, where we're all you know, sitting and working hard every day to, to go over uh, what, what is occurring, what, what the problem is, uh, and they usually are prepared uh, to give us either reports, uh, surveillance videos, uh, they come prepared with PowerPoint presentations to kind of get, get us up to speed about what's going on in their particular store, so we are prepared to then uh, take action on our end. Yeah. One of those other types of silos, I guess you're talking about, let's break up the barrier between law enforcement and retailers, and let's break it up between it's retail crime versus it's these other kind of crimes. Another one that would jump to mind is just that a lot of times these crimes transcend actual physical boundaries. They go from a municipality, let me try that. You go from a municipality into a state crime or even national and international in some cases. How has it been helpful to have everyone sort of break down those barriers when it comes to going across those actual geographic boundaries? Well, uh, since we are a a state agency, uh, the Michigan Attorney General's Office, uh, what we've found is that a lot of the individuals that are uh, involved in these types of offenses uh, that are commonly uh, categorized as organized retail crime uh, don't stick to one specific store or location uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, uh, they spread themselves out to, to multiple locations uh, so that, you know, to help keep their identity uh, from not being known uh, or easily apprehended. Uh, they'll go from multiple jurisdictions, and for instance, let's just use a store uh, like a Ulta or, or a Walmart or a Home Depot, uh, and a lot of these offenders are repeat offenders that aren't necessarily going to the same uh, individual store, but going county uh, to county, uh, region, uh, regionally, so that you know it, they're getting their identity is, is not being kind of established since they're kind of spreading themselves out uh, to other stores where they might not be known to those law enforcement personnel. And also, uh, we, we found that a lot of times these individuals that are going to one store are committing such uh, you know, a flagrant uh, offense of, of, of theft that they're emptying, literally emptying the store of their mm-hmm. product. So <laughs> they're only left to going to another store in order to kind of continue to offend because the prior store they went to is no longer, uh, you know, stocking the items that they're looking to steal. Yeah. Where do you think we are two years or five years down the road as we, um, the way we're currently addressing the issue, the way you're currently going about this in Michigan? Uh, obviously, it's it, it's impossible to say, boy, you're going to have this problem totally solved <laughs> in two sure. years. But where do you think we're making the biggest difference and the general trajectory that you're on? Well, one thing that uh, Attorney General Nessel uh how she has um, formed this unit uh, is not only just to have it in, in namesake as to be kind of a uh, something that she could say that she has, but she is very results-oriented as an attorney general, and uh, she's looking for results from our uh, division, from our unit. And I believe in, in a couple of years already uh, we're starting to yield results. Uh, in just eight months of our our group uh, forming, we've got uh, 25 to 30 ongoing large-scale major investigations. Uh, We've also uh, had in just the eight months uh, yielded several prosecutions and convictions uh, for those engaged in organized retail crime, uh, and we're just getting started. Uh, 
for the first you know several months of the formation of our unit, uh, it was just one attorney general and myself. We now have two full-time attorney generals, and that will only start to snowball and will become uh, you know have more results and hopefully have a more more larger impact uh, to the Detroit metro area and the state of Michigan as a whole as the years continue. Is there anything I wasn't smart enough to ask you about that I should have asked you? I think, Marty, you, you covered <laughs> uh, all the, the hot topics. And, and I think, uh, you know, the one thing I, I'd, I'd like to mention is that, uh, you know, th this is kind of an important issue uh, for retailers, uh, for the public, uh, that we need to do a, a better job in educating um, everybody involved in, in kind of what the problems are that we're seeing in, with this kind of uh, type of crime, how it's impacting retailers, the public, uh, local local governments who are now uh, without a tax base because uh, a store may have closed down in their area or a strip mall that was very once uh, at one particular time vibrant and, and well-traveled is, is no longer existing because of just the rampant crime that, that is that is happening uh, so you know through kind of the efforts of Attorney General Nessel and formating uh, you know forming forming uh, the uh, the force team uh, I think we're going to be able to kind of uh, you know go a long way in, in stemming the tide of this type of crime in the state of Michigan and building better partnerships with uh, retailers uh, and everyone involved Perfect. That's all I got. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Appreciate it. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> like I Hopefully said, I, I answered things no, okay. No, you were great. You were great. Not, I was not, didn't want it to be a gotcha situation at all. Just no. tell me what's going on and it's such a tough issue that you guys fight against. So I really Well, it's, it. um, there's just so much of it. And the one thing, it's like now that we've charged a lot of cases, now I'm going Cases, so it's yeah. like, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, there, there could be ten of 